Welcome to the Plant Rich Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? begin with a reading from Circle of Mysteries by Kristen Lohr Weber. Some of you I will hollow out. I will make you a cave. I will carve you so deep the stars will shine in your darkness. You will be a bowl. You will be a cup in the rock collecting rain. I will hollow you with knives. I will not do this to make you clean. I will not do this to make you pure. You are clean already. You are pure already. I will do this because the world needs the hollowness of you. I will do this for the space that you will be. I will do this because you must be large, a passage. People will find their way through you, a bowl. People will eat from you, and their hunger will not weaken them unto death. A cup to catch the sacred rain. My daughter, do not cry. Do not be afraid. Nothing you need will be lost. I'm shaping you. I'm making you ready. I will hollow out your bones. They will be light as the bones of birds. You will fly. You will soar over the oceans. You will see what needs to be done. The wind will pass through you as though you were a flute, a shepherd's pipe. Your music will soothe troubled minds and turn fear into a mist that dissolves at morning. I will hollow the center of you. I will open up your womb. I will expand you. You will bear worlds. You will give birth to ideas. You will be the round room of compassion and souls will wait in you, resting, knowing they can be reborn. Your children will not be one or twelve. They will be multitudes. You will not be able to count them. Your life will become a womb. Your soul a creator through this hollowing. I will carve you out and your blood will be a river. Your blood will become one with the sea's blood. Your blood will rise with the tides. It will cry out to the moon, and there will be no end to its crying. It will flow with the blood of all the world, the blood of war, the blood of children wounded, birthing blood, blood shed on rocks, blood nourishing the earth. It will all flow together. It will swell, and it will cry out to the moon. Light will flow in your hollowing. You will be filled with light. Your bones will shine. The round, open center of you will be radiant. I will call you Brilliant One. I will call you Daughter Who Is Wide. I will call you Transformed. 
as I continue my contemplation of the masculine and feminine forces within, this poem from Kristen Lore Weber embodies the feminine signature I found within myself. For me, this feminine, what Beverly Lanzetta calls the via feminina, or the way of the feminine, is a self-emptying dilation of the aperture of the self that is the home of compassion. Compassion means to suffer with and the feminine force within us makes us wide and large and open so that we have the capacity to suffer with, to know the pain of others so that we can respond creatively, to know that our blood is the same blood that rises in the tides of all beings and to respond from a place of open-heartedness to the suffering of all being. The feminine is the container for experience, the vastness of connectedness, and also the intimacy of responding to that connectedness individually. The way of the feminine encompasses the blood mysteries of birth and death, and the cycles of time. The feminine is in a state of liminality, always between worlds, always between experiences, a point of connection, the gate through which reciprocity moves. I love how Kristen Laura Weber talks about a hollowing out. In her book, Circle of Mysteries, she writes um, passages in each chapter called Mother Wisdom Speaks. And this uh, reading that I did was one of those passages. So if Sophia, if the divine wisdom were to speak to us, what would she say? And this is an example of what Kristen believes Mother Wisdom would say. And I agree with her. This archetypal wisdom called Sophia or Shekinah or Shakti the great goddess is a, a powerful force of opening and through that openness birthing. Just as last week I talked about how the masculine within me is this part of me that is so interested in competence and skillfulness and resourcefulness and passing on a legacy and providing structure the feminine within me, which honestly is much more difficult to access, is geared toward openness, seeing all sides of something, focusing on where we're connected versus where we are separate. It's a holing process that is interested in the points of relationship, whereas the masculine within me comes from more of a place of the personal the feminine comes from more of the place of a collective consciousness. Again, I can only speak from my own experience, and I don't in any way intend for this to be true of everyone or everyone's experience with the feminine and masculine energies within themselves or in the world. But in my own exploration, this is what I have found. And I found that it is infinitely more difficult for me to be feminine in our culture in Western society because the masculine energies are so promoted and celebrated, edified and glorified, also so imbalanced 
that um, resting in and cultivating these feminine energies feels unimportant. Often I label these things as laziness, unproductive, um, selfish. So spending time dilating my aperture so that I can better receive beauty and love and tenderness as well as give those things um, doesn't feel like something I should be prioritizing when I have limited time in the day to accomplish things. So um, that tells me a lot about my conditioning and what I think about the feminine and what I've been trained to think about the feminine. And you may not have this experience at all for you, perhaps being in feminine energies it comes naturally and it's being in masculine energies that's more difficult. We all have our own inner recipe for how much of these energies we carry. And it, it seems in my experience that that has something to do with how safe I feel in these different energies. I feel much safer in a masculine expression of myself than I do in a feminine expression of myself. When I am actively cultivating compassion, there is pain there because I'm suffering with someone, whether that's with the polar bears or with the red knot bird or with the cedars that are plagued with rust fungus here or my neighbor whose mental illness is becoming unmanageable. When I am feeling compassion, I'm feeling discomfort and pain. And in the way of the feminine, that pain opens us to creativity and to love and to a responsiveness that is often underappreciated or undervalued. I think of the stories of the feminine that I have to draw from. The stories of Mary, the Marys, the stories of Bridget, who was so generous and took such care of her community and brought inspiration to so many and, and beauty and healing the stories of the saints, Teresa and Hildegard and Julian, who opened themselves in such a mystical capacity to the magic of divine love and the stories of the wrathful feminine, the Kalyak, who destroys and brings winter, Athena, who punishes Medusa and turns her to a gorgon, even though Medusa was the victim of violation. Eris, the goddess of discord and upheaval and destruction. The Arenaes, or the Furies, who meted out vengeance upon the Oathbreakers. Lilith, who could not be contained could not be made subservient and so was made to be a demon and a kidnapper of children 
actually also believe that the mythological stories of the dragons and the dragon slaying comes from this subjugation of what was seen as the vengeful feminine and the idea that that primordial feminine energy had to be slain, trapped, domesticated, because it was so dangerous. And so even within this feminine receptivity and connectedness and numinous relationship there's also this powerful, protective, mama bear ferocity um, that has been so demonized, so feared, and so out of balance, and really elevated as the, the nature of the feminine in the same way that the arrogant, competitive masculine has been elevated as the, the masculine. We've lost in our modern understanding of these energies, the nuance, the spectrum of these energies and how they present, how to balance them within ourselves. When we feel out of balance in one of these energies, what are the ways to bring it back into harmony with its polarity, with the greater context of who we are and what we're trying to accomplish in the world. Within me, I carry a deeply compassionate, healing presence, and I carry a punishing, vengeful, destructive force, and they both feel feminine. And the question becomes, how are they harmonized? How is this rageful, wrathful part of me brought into service of the heart, of the wholeness? We see this in the story of Kali, where her destructive nature is brought into harmony with her wholeness. And every spring, when the Kalyak turns away from her harsh, destructive winter energies, and blooms again as Brigid in the spring with her life-giving, sap-rising, milk-flowing energies. The blood mysteries connected to the tides and the moon carry us through these energies every month, from the maiden, life-giving, playful self to the rich, fruitful, creative mother self to the queenly self, and then through the destructive, wrathful self. And all of these selves are feminine and connected and in service to life. And every month we get the practice of dancing through each of these faces and bringing them more into awareness, more into presence, more into harmony. I sense that this primal feminine that is embodied in the opening poem, the Sophia wisdom is the force that unifies the faces of the feminine within us and keeps them all in service to the wholeness so that the destructive forces within us serve life in the same way that a naturally occurring wildfire and a balanced ecosystem germinate seeds that couldn't open any other way. 
but when we are not attuned to wisdom, to the collective consciousness that the feminine carries, those energies are not in service to the whole, but in service to other things. In my Druid studies, we've been talking about one of the pitfalls of the spiritual path being that instead of moving to self-actualization, we can move into self-preoccupation. That there's a glamour that falls over us. And instead of moving toward wholeness and belonging and interconnectedness, we can become self-obsessed, self-absorbed. And in that way, these faculties that are meant to be in service of the community and the wholeness and the world become in service to our own self-preoccupation. How do I look? How do I appear? What do people think of me? How many followers do I have? How many likes? Who shared that? And that becomes the center of our work. And that is a dangerous spell to fall under. It is very difficult to break. And the breaking of it tends to be excruciatingly painful after much has been lost. So as we approach the temple of Sophia within, the temple of Shakti, the serpentine, dilating feminine, as we encounter our rage and our wrath and our endless capacity for compassion, what are those gifts in service of? What do we wield them for? What is at the center of this spinning blood mystery as we orbit these selves with the moon every month? What are we orbiting? What do we put in the center of this work? An image of ourselves, the web of kin that we belong to? The unbroken chain of ancestors throughout time? an idea of divinity, what are we orbiting? What keeps us accountable? As I embody my own feminine more and more, I'm finding a power in myself that I did not know existed, a power that is rooted in a timeless creative force that has its own wisdom stream and is eager to flow through me into the world. If only I can stay open enough. If only I can receive the beauty that it promises without shying away. If only I can trust that that kind of goodness is real. If only I can allow myself to be made into a cup, a bowl, a passage. May it be so. To further support my work, please consider joining our community at patreon.com slash the rebel herbalist. Here you will find plant herbaria, deep sharings about the journey with plants and people, and a space for you to ask your questions and share your own journey with the plants. If you're not able to join us on the Patreon community, 
and you still want to be in support of our work, please consider sharing this podcast with others or liking and following our pages on social media, Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook, The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me, and it's time to come back to life.